2: All right, this episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by Chick-fil-A. Even in these uncertain times, your Oklahoma Chick-fil-A restaurants are here to serve you. Dining rooms are closed, but where possible, you can still order from the drive-thru, the Chick-fil-A app, or from DoorDash. OU Extended Campus, degrees online, on-site, on your schedule become the tradition and mercy at mercy your life is our live work and a quick reminder deposits for the 2020 oklahoma men's and women's basketball season tickets are currently on sale you can call or text 405-325-2424 for more information or lock in your seats today by visiting sooner sports.com all right let's get after it it's time for the sooner sports podcast this is the sooner sports podcast your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. On a Monday, we are joined, as always, by the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners, Toby Rowland, who he was coming off a Father's Day defeat on the 18th hole at the hands of his son, Peyton.
1: Do you think that he was Victory playing? Victory was right in my yes. grasp, Chris.
2: Oh. It was right there. Do you think he was playing mind games when he let you know you had a one-shot lead on 18?
1: I think in retrospect, uh, I haven't beaten him for a long, long, long time. Like, he, his skill level passed mine early high school years, and he's a junior in college now. So the fact that I was ahead of him all day, I think he was just teasing me. I think he was leading me along, knowing the whole time he was going to pull victory from the grasp of me on the 18th hole. So, uh, yeah, not a very kind thing for a son to do to a father on Father's Day.
2: You know, coming up on the show on Mondays, we typically have a conversation between you and Joe C that we kind of – We pirate, if you will, from your radio show. But this week, you didn't have a chance to talk to Josie, which opens us up with a little bit more time to kind of dance here. And I'm curious, every week, I feel like we're kind of taking the temperature of how we feel. And I've tried to be pretty set in this that, hey, listen, we're going to have positive tests. This is going to happen. It's how the universities and the programs react to it. It's one of the reasons why Oklahoma waited until July 1, even though most uh, will be reporting for quarantine here in the next couple of days. But... Toby, I'm I'm maintaining an optimistic outlook despite what's happened in Baton Rouge and and obviously in Manhattan where they've had to shut things down because I think Oklahoma's got a good plan. I think a majority of college football has a good plan
1: right now. Um yeah, I think so too. I um you know I would I would venture to say that I'm a little more concerned than I was a couple of weeks ago. I think that um all of the positive tests, you know, the the volume of them. Not that we weren't expecting some, but right. I think we had thirty in LSU and twenty-three is Clemson and Kansas State has shut down a little bit here. So that plus the inability still of uh major league baseball and the NBA to figure out exactly what they're doing. And um you know I don't I, I uh, and and we're getting closer, you know, that number until the season starts getting lower and lower. So I think we're down to 75 days from today until OU's uh, season opener. And there's some other teams that started before that. So, uh, no, I would, uh, I'm optimistic. And I would lean, you know, toward that we're going to start this season on time and all that kind of stuff. But, boy, there are a lot of things to figure out between now and then. And, um, you know, I was just kind of thinking through some of the, You know, for examples today, uh, I I don't I, I don't think there's any doubt that depth, if this season happens on time and everything, that depth is going to be a bigger deal than it has ever been in college football, because it used to just apply to injuries and an occasional suspension or two. And now you're going to throw COVID-19 on top of that, because there's going to be guys that spot. It. It's going to happen in the middle of a season and it might very well be important players or maybe an important entire group of players. And the team that's not ready for that from a depth perspective is going to be at a significant deep disadvantage. So you got that to figure out. What do you do if, a. Uh, if somebody tests positive, what do you do with everybody else that they've come in contact with, you know, uh, in the middle of a season? And, I mean, there's just a lot to figure out, Chris. There's a lot to figure out. And so I don't mean to – I know I sound a little more pessimistic, but I, no. I am a little – I would say I'm a little less optimistic. I'm still optimistic, but I, I don't feel like we're trending the last couple of weeks necessarily as – aggressively in the right direction as I had hoped, I guess.
2: Don't get me wrong. Oh, it's concerning. Whenever you see some of the numbers from these places, everyone everyone has plans, T. Row, but I don't think anyone's plans involve some of the massive numbers we've seen in certain places. And in my overly optimistic tone that I try to live life by, I would much rather this be the story in June than, say, late August or mid-August. Yeah, sure. So sure. I don't know if that provides a positive spin in any way, shape, or form, but is there something to be said about, hey, at least we're getting this understanding in June and kind of have a better feel absolutely. for it? Absolutely. Okay.
1: A- absolutely, and that's exactly why I think Oklahoma did what they did, is uh, when OU reports, they're going to be positive tests for them too. Right. And, um, and Lincoln has said there's already been a guy or two that has uh, – either tested positive or been exposed, but they have been able to sit back and watch what has happened everywhere else around the country and how it has been handled, how it's been handled successfully and how it hasn't been handled successfully and try to, um, you know, take from the best practices of, of other schools and how they go about this. And they've given themselves an extra few weeks here on everyone else to do that. So uh, I know th- it's, this is great that it's June, then it's not August, right? but I, I still maintain that they desperately need a professional sports league to get out there and pave the way to show everyone that it's going to be okay. It's just really going to be hard for a, a college, um, you know, a, a collegiate athletics with as already controversial as they are, for them to be the first ones out there kind of risking it, so to speak. So uh, I'm rooting hard for Major League Baseball and the NBA to figure this thing out.
2: Boy, it's so important, I think. And, again, there's only so many different ways you can spin this and put it, but bottom line, I think it's really important for sports to get back from the perspective of professional sports. I think the NBA, I think baseball, obviously the NFL. NFL will have some exhibition games, we think. Uh, leading into the season, but I don't know. I just think it's really important for those pro sports to get back first. And and I listen to every interview you do with Joe C. And I can't even fathom Toby in that position. The every week, almost every day change. I mean, in this battle against COVID nineteen, it almost appears as if we're, we're we're battling a constantly moving target. And every protocol you put in place, you feel like you almost have to adjust it from from week to week because it's. Something that we felt so great about one day, you might not feel the next day. It's been wild to follow.
1: It has. Uh, I, I We obviously have never experienced anything like this in our lifetime, and I venture to say we won't again. And I am baffled that we are this, this far into this, and still seemingly so much is unknown about this, you know, about how how... You go about trying to contain it and everything. It just kind of seems like we're guessing at everything, which is is fascinating. And I and I hear everyone, I do, and I agree with a lot of it that say um it's it's just too important. College football is too important to an athletic department, it's too important to a university, it's too important to our city of Norman, and all of the cities like this around the country. It has to happen. And I hear those that say Uh, The overwhelming majority, you know, 99 point whatever percent of people who get this, especially in the young age group, are fine. They don't. They have very little symptoms, if any at all. It's like a common cold if you feel anything at all. And we should just put our heads down and go. And I and there's a big, big part of me that is on board with that. But there's a big, big part of me that also is aware that that is not 100 percent, you know, and they these are not fake people that are suffering and dying and grieving. Uh, and and you can't you, you just can't, you know, I mean, there's got to be an element to trying to do it as absolutely safely as possible so that the fewest number of not just illnesses, but potential tragedies don't happen here. And, uh, boy, I mean, we just, we would, we would just feel terrible if somebody ended up getting sick and had an underlying issue that we were unaware of. And you ended up with, you know, the worst case scenario or more than one. And so it's, uh, I mean, it is, I do not envy, the decision makers out there in collegiate athletics, you know, specifically because that's what we're talking about who at some point are going to have to say thumbs up or thumbs down to there being a college football season. That is going to be either way an agonizing decision to make. Yeah.
2: It's, and here we are on Monday, June 22nd, trying to make declarative state, not you and I, but just in general about a season that is still months away though. One final thought on this, Toby, I thought this was interesting from Chuck Carlton in the Dallas Morning News that there is the possibility that they'll work some wiggle room into the schedule and push back the Big 12 championship game a week. Now, that might own well, that's only going to affect a couple of schools, but that's not even a decision I think they would make until what during the season. They just have to make sure that that time would be available, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I hadn't heard that. I would think that that, that does help to give a little padding. If, you know, something happens at the front end of the schedule and you have to start later or for whatever reason, the game had to be shuffled around mid It would help to know that you had a, a little room there on the back end if you needed it. But, um, I mean, you know, we'll see. I, I can't, <laughs> this is so bizarre. I mean, you, you think about the first, three opponents OU has this year. Hmm. Missouri State, we're not even 100% sure is going to have a football team, right? I mean, we're not 100% sure. I right. think they are, but we're not 100% sure. We certainly are very unsure about that Army game, at least, you know, where it would be played, if it would be played. And uh, and then you got an SEC opponent right there in the middle in Tennessee So <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know, man. Uh, this is, listen, we, I need it. You need it. Everybody out there needs college football for the entertainment and for more it's, it's our jobs. It's our livelihoods. Right. And for this, you know, a significant percentage of the city, you can copy and paste that it means everything to them. So, but you got to also think about those are, those mm-hmm. are, uh, young men and coaches and staff members who uh to some extent are going to have to absorb a risk if uh this season's gonna be played and um that's that's something that that's something we haven't you know seen before
2: I think I don't want to try to talk without necessarily having confirmation, but I think this week on the podcast. If not Wednesday's edition, well, it probably won't be Wednesday's because that's Jess and Meg. Maybe next Friday. I think we'll be able to hear from some people like a Greg Tipton and a Scott Anderson to give us some more perspective on what, yeah, how cool to kind of understand what it looks like coming back. I mean, I think a lot. T-Row, because I watch his Instagram videos, so to me it's like I'm working out when I watch Benny Wiley's Instagram videos. But how different will the weight room look, right? How different yeah. is that setup going to look? So many different changes that take place. Uh, I all mean, right. think
1: about think about this. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm trying to turn the topic. Think about just the quarterback meeting room. All right, so they all uh, sit with Lincoln. How many ever there are? Three, four, five quarterbacks when you count the walk-on. And they watch film together, and they break down an opponent. And But do you have to do that differently this year? Because you can't have all of them get sick. Right. Right? Like, if if one of them gets sick, and they're constantly in meeting rooms together, then they all will have been exposed. And then what are you going to do? So is it almost like a president and vice president situation where the two never travel in the same place together? Like can do Spencer Rattler and Tanner Mordecai need to never be in the same room? I mean, (laughs) I I mean, there's just things you're going to have to think through. Can the entire offensive line afford to have meetings all together all the time, or do you risk losing the entire offensive line for a game or two if somebody gets sick? So, there is so much bizarre that you have to think through in this thing.
2: You know, I had heard that you probably won't even have the meetings in their said meeting room this year, that those would still be Zoom. But to me, Tiro, that wouldn't make a lot of sense because then you'll get to game day and they'll all be together as well too. So it is, it's a myriad of questions that I think we, we still aren't even close to having answers to. Now, there is one answer. That we know absolutely positively one hundred percent. Toby Rowland is the early king of the TV show Sooner Sound Off, becoming hmm. the first winner of not only, I guess you could say, the Electoral do College, but the popular vote as well, too. This Did you is, see
1: that? This is just like Peyton and Golf on Father's Day. <laughs> You're trying to butter me up. What? You're giving me the early lead just so you can chase me down on the 18th hole, just like you did. Then that whatever that last thing we did was
2: yeah, that horrible trivia uh, question that imploded everything. By the way, that was I'm off a
1: to terrible. a good start, but I'm the judge this week, so I and, and I'm going to be gone the week after that. So there's a couple of weeks here for you to make up some ground.
2: I think I already won this week's. I mean, I'm not trying oh, yeah? to be I'm not trying to be overly confident or anything, and I know that he, he's, I do not know. I do not know who you guys have selected. Oh, you don't? Do you want to wait or do no. you want to know now? No, I'd like to know. Okay. So he- here's the thing that's interesting about it, and i got to give Cootie credit. Cootie's into kind of the entertainment. Uh, she made the Trader T-shirt and all those different types, which is great when she was defending Baker last week. The problem is we can't see it because of the way that the studio set up. So I think that hurt her a little bit last week with that creativity. But this week we have Gabe Eichert sitting in because one Chad McKee is doing the vacation thing this week. And the topic is best sooner born OU football player. In other words, who's the greatest Oklahoma born sooner? And I actually, here's what's funny is I got in the. Honor of,
1: in honor of Gabe joining us.
2: In honor of the pride of Bishop yeah. McGinnis joining us on the okay. show. Toby, I picked third, okay? All right. The All first right. pick off the board was Sam Bradford who Gabe Eichard went with. Jessica then went with – Heisman Trophy winner. Heisman Trophy winner. Jessica then went with GK McCoy, Joe McCoy. um, Solid pick. Stud, still, I mean, singing Boomer Sooner on – what was that? Um, Oh, what's the NFL show that I've just – the all-access NFL show uh, uh, show whenever he was with the Buccaneers, and he sang Boomer Sooner. It was great. And I picked Leroy Selman nice third pick you got Leroy I know I felt the same way whenever I was going through it and and here's been and I I don't want to give away my whole argument but and and this is going to be hard for me too because Toby if you think about it when he played we're going back 40 years right now I mean children of the 90s you know I, I was a child of the late 80s early 90s you know, kids today look at 1978 like we looked at the 30s, you know, whenever I right. was whenever I was growing up. So I don't know how many people have truly sat and watched
1: Leroy Selman highlights. That's your job. That's your job to explain to us, oh. to me and to the listening audience, the greatness of Leroy Selman.
2: Toby, I watched this man this weekend, and not just in his – and I've watched him before, but when you're defending and standing – I don't know if I've ever seen a more dominant player in my life. And I know the game is different, but holy smokes, man. What a legacy he left. What a person. This is going to be a fun one to debate. And that's nothing against Sam or GK, or you could have debated Ryan Broyles or Jason White, or you could have thrown Teddy Lehman or Rocky Kalmas in there. But it was just... There is something different about the way that man dominated. First pick in the NFL draft, NFL Hall of Famer, College Football Hall of Famer, Tampa Bay Ring of Honor, top 100 NFL players of all time, Outland and Lombardi trophy winners.
1: Oh, my gosh. You see what he's doing here, folks? He gets four and a half minutes on the show (laughs) to plead his case, but he's taking advantage of the podcast here to get an extra couple of minutes of the judge's ear to try to (laughs) – plead his case for Leroy Selman what so I I I give you credit that's very crafty playing we will see if it works for you or not do you know what
2: blew me away though in studying Leroy Selman was and and again I'm a big NFL fan I guess I never really truly understood how in in beloved he was in Tampa you know not only I mean he was got a statue there yeah absolutely and
1: a road named after him
2: Oh man. And I'm just, I've learned, it's been a, I guess my point is I've taken quarantine slash COVID-19 to really study my OU history. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes Toby, we forget about some of the greatness that came before uh, the, the modern era. We get caught up in obviously the big offensive numbers and understandably so. But the foundation of a lot of what this program had been was on its yeah. defensive standouts. That's right. And the Selmans were among the greatest of all time.
1: Yeah, now uh, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people who would argue with you that Leroy Selman is the greatest sooner of all time. Not just Oklahoma-born sooner, but greatest sooner. And I would say, um, you know, the, the debate for a lot of people would come down to Leroy and, at this point, Baker Mayfield probably. Mm-hmm. So I, I I, think you got a good shot there. I mean, I w- will have to field the arguments from your other two combatants, but I like your chances with Leroy Selman.
2: I've watched so many videos of him over the last few weeks. It's just It's mind-boggling. I I watch him and I wonder to myself, my gosh, how good could he be in today's NFL? I mean, that fast, that strong. I'm not here to try to get more time with the judge. I did this to try Mm -hmm. to brag on you a little bit because I thought your argument about Samaje Pirine's performance against Kansas, it was funny to me because I saw a few people in the mentions that said, well, he did it against Kansas. I don't care if he did it against air. What he did on that, and people, it was a sloppy track, Toby. So he never fumbled the football or at least lost a fumble that I remember. And he wasn't even, as you brought, he wasn't even the starting running back that day. It's it's kind of phenomenal yeah. to look back on how special that day was.
1: No, he did it against Kansas. Uh, but a lot of people have played Kansas. A lot of people have played Rutgers. <laughs> a lot of people have played Vanderbilt. A lot of people have played, you know, uh, Oregon State. I could go on and on <laughs> with bad football teams through the years, and nobody has ever had a bigger day than Samaj AP Ryan did. So uh, it's 400 and – I let me mean, think about 427 yards Oof. rushing for one man on one day. I, that one might stand for a while.
2: Um, hey before I let you go final thought here Uh, we talked a little baseball last week but seeing Prater sign his deal seeing I think Kate signed his deal as well too it's just it really kind of shows you how special this this rotation was I hated that their season got cut short but you touched on it a little bit last week I think it's going to be an exciting 2021 for Sooner Baseball despite losing a majority of their arms
1: no, I'm uh I'm really excited about next year and and that's a blow but uh I'll tell you I kind of uh did a I I just looked at some video this week of some of the bats that they've got coming in this year, some of the Juco kids from McLennan, uh some pretty big left-handed boppers that are coming in that are going to jump right into the lineup and I I kind of feel like OU baseball pitching the way I feel about OU football offense, uh, we know Oklahoma's going to score on on foot in f- offense on football. We know that whoever the quarterback is, Lincoln Riley is going to put up points. And with baseball, I kind of feel like we know OU is going to pitch. You know, I don't know what the names are going to be in that rotation and and the creativity Skip is going to come up with, but we know OU is going to be at or near the top of the Big 12 in the pitching numbers. If they can put up enough offense, then that's when they become really, really scary. And that was early on this year what differentiated them. And now they had a no-hitter and some impressive numbers on the mound early on, but they were hitting the baseball. Tanner Treadaway was off to a great start and a bunch of guys up and down that lineup. And now it looks like they've got almost everybody back in that lineup, and they have really added some – good bats as well that are ready to go right away. And I mean, like Borafin is going to be able to help them out of high school right away and maybe Horton too with the bat, but there's some Juco kids that are coming in that are ready to go. And uh, I think that they may be an even better offensive team next year than they were this year. And and that gives them a a really good shot. So this is going to be uh, I tell you next, I know I've said it a bunch <laughs> next college baseball season should be on ESPN primetime every night because the talent that is going to be back in the Big 12, and the SEC, and the ACC, around the country, the Pac-12, because so few of guys were drafted this year and so many more guys are in college baseball coming out of high school than would have normally been, it is the most loaded college baseball has ever been in talent, and it is going to be amazing to watch next season. Toby Rowland, enjoy your
2: vacation enjoy you, Chris. Enjoy your wife's birthday and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks man thanks as always for your time all right see you buddy see you toby how fun is that you know typically on mondays we get a chance to talk to joe castiglione joe c was unable to join us so we just went a little longer with toby roland so let me get you some sponsor notes here we're brought to you as always by AT&T, America's Best Network, Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics, and Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. The Oklahoma Blood Institute, a proud supporter of the Sooner Sports podcast, Blood Can't Wait. Go to an Oklahoma Blood Institute donor center today to save a life. All right, here is What's on Tap, presented by OG&E Power at the Speed of Life. On Wednesday's podcast, I think... I think Jess is back, and I think we're hearing from Sherry Cole on the celebration of Title IX. I'm pumped about that, so that's coming up on Wednesday. And I'm I'm working on hearing from those on the front line for the Sooners in the return to campus, and I hope that we can bring that to you on Friday's podcast. Until then, have a great week this Wednesday. We'll celebrate the Sooners clinching a spot in the Super Regional and OU Baseball from, I think it's the 2013 season when they went to Blacksburg and beat Virginia Tech. So we'll have that. And then on Saturday, this should be one of our biggest downloads because it's one of the more fascinating games in Big 12 championship history. We wrap up our month-long celebration of Big 12 championship football games with the 2010 OU. Nebraska Showdown. That's all what's on tap on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until then, have a great start to your week and boomer sooner, everybody.
1: Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So, do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to
0: 25% with Allstate.